Hello and welcome to Encounter Church Cape Town. We're so excited that you can join us for this message and we speak God's abundant blessing upon you, your families and all of your spheres of influence as you do so. Enjoy as you engage with God. Great, so turn with me in your Bibles, please, to the book of Acts. So uh, we've, as you, some of you may know, we've just started a series uh, going through the book of Acts, and yeah, it's about the expansion of the of of the gospel, um, uh, the how the good news of Jesus was spread uh, by disciples, by the apostles after Jesus rose again. So yeah, the kind of theme for I think probably probably for most of this year is the unstoppable gospel, <laughs> um, and. This book of Acts, um, yeah, I've read it so many times, and it's always like exciting and <laughs> to read. Um, it's often called the Acts of the a- Apostles, but actually, it should really be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, because it's like a record of the of what the Holy Spirit is doing among among people. So, uh, the Holy Spirit was poured out um, upon people at Pentecost. And it was really like evidence of Jesus's resurrection, you know. Um, so obviously the, the disciples and yeah, over, over 500 people physically saw Jesus alive after he rose again. And there are accounts in the Gospels which, you know, which talk about that. Um, but then, yeah, the Holy Spirit is then poured out at the, at the time of Pentecost, the beginning of the book of Acts. And uh, we'll kind of come back to that story in a few few weeks' time, kind of. But um, there's so they, uh, yeah, they, the gospel is kind of taking off, um, and during the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, it said that over three thousand people were added in one day. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, in chapter 2, verse uh, 41, it said the, the Lord, about 3,000 were added to the number of, of disciples that day. So just turn to your neighbor for a moment. Tell them, what would you do or what would we have to do if 3,000 people were added to this church this week? We'd have to buy the premises, yeah. Okay. The whole premises. The whole premises. Oh, including the whole thing. Okay. So, so take take a minute. What would, what could you see yourself being involved in? <laughs> but anyway, what 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 would have to happen? So, so not what I, not what would I have to do? What would you have to do? <laughs> no, what what would we have to do? Plural, if 3,000 people were saved this week. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a minute to discuss with your, someone close to you. Okay, so uh, 30 home groups with 100 people in each. There's, about, there's more than 30 here, so you may all be leading a home group of 100 people. Okay. Are you going to have two a week for like Okay. <laughs> so all the maths begins to come into play. <laughs> okay. Follow the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> no, but isn't it a, 
Yeah, it's amazing to think of, I mean, there have, you're absolutely right, there have been many times within South Africa of you know, great numbers of people become, coming to know Jesus, you know, all uh, together on the same day. We can think of preaching like Andrew Murray, yeah, and his preaching when he was here, um, John G. Lake. Yeah, so there have been, and, uh, and many people who we don't even, even know about, a Duma, William um, Duma over in the Eastern Cape also saw thousands of people um, saved. So, um, yeah, it's, but it's, so going to kind of look at, um, so this has just happened in <laughs> the book of Acts. So I want to pick it up immediately after that verse, you know, what do you begin to do after 3,000 have just been saved? So, so let's, so let's carry on. Uh, so Acts 2 verse uh, 42 Um, says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to some fellowship, uh, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the fellowship. Sorry, and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Yeah, so incredibly practically, eh? <laughs> I love the practicality of the gospel. Yeah, just the practicality of of looking after this number of number of people. Um, they didn't gather all 3,000 in one, in one building and say, now you all have to come to one central place. And, you know, no, it was like, it was scattered around people's homes, wasn't it? So uh, when the, uh, the uh, uh, Ugandan churches started in 2009, uh, when I was up there, we had, um, for a period of about two months, um, about three or four times a week, during that two-month period, we had groups of between 20 to 40 people saved every time we met. So, and that was sparked off because three people got healed in one day. <laughs> so, there was a lady uh, who had severe leg pain, uh, Sarah, for those of you who know her. Uh, Sarah, she, she was uh, about three or four, four of us prayed for her. Her leg was... Um, instantly healed <laughs> so uh, she got up and began to walk and and then um, there was a lady who had been in who had lain in her bed for 10 years and uh, Nora she had lain in her bed for 10 years and she had not left her house so she, whenever so she had crawled around her house she hadn't been able to stand so because every, her, every time she stood up her heart would beat so fast she thought she was going to die so she would lie back down again. And so she would crawl around the room of, of, of her house. Or, and so I asked her uh, when we met her, you know, when was the last time you, went, you, you crawled outside your house? And she said 10 years ago when, you know, when such and such a political thing happened and people said, yes, that thing happened 10 years ago. So she said that was the last time. But... Um, um, Sarah, who'd just been healed of this leg pain, <laughs> was full of faith, full of confidence, and so invited her and said, you know, we need to pray for Nora, you know. And so, 
uh, went inside Nora's room and it was kind of full of oppression and it was completely dark. The windows were not open. So anyway, we said, Nora, come out of your room. And so we got a chair for her and put it in the corridor just outside her room and prayed for her. And, um, oh yeah, just prayed for her heart to stop beating so fast because, again, it was beating very fast. And just over a period of about 10 minutes, her heart just slowed to, to normal. And then she said, it's now fine. And then we led her to, to salvation <laughs> because she said, only Jesus can do this. So we led her to salvation. So it was like, it was a phenomenal kind of, you know, um, thing to happen. And, um, and uh, she was, so she stood up and walked outside for the first time in 10 years. And she was very shaky because she hadn't walked. <laughs> so people were helping her, but she walked around her house. So it was just a phenomenal miracle to see. Um, and then one of my friends who was with us, a guy called Joseph, he said, um, sorry, it's emotional. Uh, he said, there's a, there's a man who living just in, in the neighbor's house who's, uh, who is uh, crippled. And he hasn't walked for a period of about three years, somewhere between two to three years. So, he, so Joseph said, come, um, Sarah's been healed, Nora's been healed, let's go and <laughs> let's pray for this other guy called John. And um, so, um, but all around John's house, there were like, it was full of children, like all these children were praying, there were about 30 children. Um, sorry, playing, playing. <laughs> so we, we brought John outside of his little thatch hut and... Um, and all the children had obviously gathered around to see. <laughs> so he said, children, come, come and let's see what Jesus, how Jesus is going to touch and heal John. So we got all these 30 children to lay their hands on John. And then we led the children in a, in a, in a prayer, you know, just which lasted about 20 seconds. <laughs> or it's very short. Be healed. Legs be healed in Jesus' name. And all these children kind of prayed in Karamajong. You know, we, we led them to pray in Karamajong that... Um, John's legs would be healed. And then afterwards, Joseph just grabbed John's arm and lifted him up and he walked. He walked around his whole yard. And for the first time in about two or three years. So that was, that was like the start. And from that moment, like, you know, word began to spread around this whole side of Kabong town that Jesus is real and Jesus heals. So that's, and that was enough to then gather groups of between 20 to 40 people <laughs> three or four times a week for the next two months. Like just those three healings was enough to then word spread and then people started gathering. So I would get a phone call at, at work and it's like, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, you know, can you come now? We've got 40 people. No, I can't come right now. <laughs> But wait until 5 p.m. No. Okay, we'll, we'll wait for three hours. So I would go and join them, you know, like at 5 p.m. Or, um, and, um, yeah. And at the beginning when I went, um, you know, I would, I would be the one to share, share the gospel with them. And, um, and then Sarah and Nora and this other guy, John, who would give a testimony of how Jesus had healed them. And that would be enough. Everyone wanted to give their lives to Jesus. <laughs> um, so yeah, we led literally hundreds to pe hundreds, yeah, um, to of, to people of people to Christ within that that period of time. 
And um, after a while, I would, I would continue to arrive at 5 p.m. at such and such a house and to find that they were already saved because, you know, because our leaders up there, our friends had, you know, they had learned. So they had already told them the gospel. They'd already prayed for all the sick. So I would turn up and they would all say, yeah, everyone's now saved and healed. <laughs> so it was amazing. It's like, it was like phenomenal. It's like, okay, well, hi, everyone. And uh, cheers, I'm leaving again. <laughs> so, so it was, but um, yeah, it's amazing. You know, just, uh, just all from three people being healed in one day. Um, suddenly this whole thing started. So we reckon we've seen over... 5,000, 6,000 people saved in this part of Uganda over the last, since 2004. Um, so yeah, so it's very, very exciting. But we did have, we did have a lot of people like, <laughs> like, you know, at the beginning. So, uh, but it was actually, it was quite a responsibility because suddenly, you know, you know people need taught, <laughs> you know, uh, people need to find out about yeah, about Jesus, about, about they, they're eager to learn, you know, eager to hear about, um, about stories from the Bible. And we began to teach people parables, you know, because uh, most people can't read or write. And uh, so, yeah, you're just telling stories. <laughs> and then we'd begin to act out the stories. And so, so even now when we go up there on trips, you know, we act out, we do a lot of dramas. It's all dramas and skits. And Peter plays a part in every drama and skit. He's very good at playing kings and God and Jesus and all these things. So he's very experienced. <laughs> um, so, but um, yeah, it's, isn't it amazing to, I think it's time to pray for these times to come back again, you know, in our day. Yeah. And in Cape Town. You know, there's nothing special about, I mean, every place is special. It's not just, the Holy Spirit's not just poured out in one place or this place, you know, so. So, love the way they just, so they devoted themselves to teaching, yeah, to fellowship, um, to breaking of bread, to prayer. Um, and this, most of this would have happened in people's homes. Yeah, so it's just I said many wonders and miraculous signs were carried out um, by the apostles. And this is really in line with what Jesus said. So uh, Jesus in Mark, the very last uh, verses of Mark chapter 16, Jesus said to his disciples, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all people. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Uh, but whoever does not believe will be a, a condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will, number one, drive out demons. Number two, speak in new tongues. Number three, pick up snakes with their hands. How, how many of these have you done, by the way? <laughs> number four, drink deadly poison. <laughs> Uh, it will not hurt them at all. And number five, place their hands on sick people and they will get well. So that's, that's kind of like the starter pack for the, for the Christian faith. <laughs> so, so I don't recommend picking up a snake <laughs> with your hands. Uh, but if you do find yourself in the unfortunate circumstance where, uh, where a snake has bitten you, then trust the Lord that, um, yeah, that snake will not harm, harm you. So, so, 
yeah, um, I've seen demons driven out. Uh, I can speak in tongues. Um, um, yeah, I've placed hands on sick people and seen, seen God heal them. Um, but I've not yet picked up snakes with my hands <laughs> or drank any deadly poison. Not as far as I'm aware. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think it's, it's such an exciting, it's like the acts of the Holy Spirit, you know. And I think um, just a real encouragement feel God is encouraging us to, to ask him and continue to ask for more of the acts of the Holy Spirit to be seen in our lives, in the community around us. Eh? Yeah? Amen. Would you agree? So, and it's amazing also, they had everything in common. They gave to people whoever had, whoever had, had need. And yeah, this is a really great encouragement, you know, for us to build these same values into our community. So, um, I feel that, you know, sometimes God prompts me, um, it's like, uh, give so-and-so your, your spare rucksack, <laughs> or give so-and-so your, your spare jacket, and it's like, and I don't have peace until I've given or told the person that I've got this rucksack for you, or I've got this jacket for you, and then when you, when you give the person the jacket or the rucksack or the food or, you know, um, then, yeah, it's almost like you just feel the, you feel more of the pleasure of God because you've been obedient to the prompting, you know, that God has given you. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah, so I think just the same value of having everything in, in common, you know, it's, it's not saying that everyone has to have exactly the same amount of finance or anything like that, you know, but just as we're moved by the compassion of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, then we, we can share. share. We share our lives. We op- open up our, our homes, you know, t- uh, to people around us. So generosity, sharing possessions, our food was really a hallmark, you know, of the, of the, of the church. And, yeah, it's, I think it's, if we, when we understand that Jesus owns everything <laughs> and he's given us our possessions, our things to look after and steward, yeah, for this period of time, then if it all belongs to him anyway, <laughs> then we don't mind giving some of that away, you know, to other, other people who are in need. So, yeah, you only have to read that chapter in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8 to read about generosity. Um, and there's, yeah, there's so many, um, Paul talks about generosity there. But, um, yeah, so verse 46, you know, also they broke bread in one another's homes uh, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Um, I actually had a gathering in my home last night. So all the the people are doing the, you know, the Heaven in Business course. Uh, we're doing, a, for those of you who don't know, we're doing a, an online uh, business school, kind of supernatural business school, it's called. And um, so most of the people from Cape Town, um, quite a few from this church, but... Quite a few, and others from Cape Town, we all had a meal together in my house last night. So how many were there? Over? Ten, ten of us last night. Um, so um, just before we ate, we broke bread uh, together. We had some bread and wine or juice um, and we just, we just prayed and it was just a normal part. We just made it a normal part of our meal. Yeah. So just be, as we were saying grace, thanking God for the food, so we just shared bread and, and wine together. Just, um, yeah, just as a symbol that God is with us yeah, and just thanking God. 
So it's a really powerful thing, you know, when you have people in your home. Just make it a normal thing. We don't have to make it a particularly um, 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 religious occasion. You know, let's just bring it into our normal family life. You know, if we want our children to grow up and feel comfortable with, with bread and wine, yeah, then, yeah, as a family, just share bread and wine together, you know, and just, just make it a normal part of Christian life. So, yeah, it's really powerful. So, and in this context of opening up homes, having meals, meals uh, together, it says the Lord added daily to, to their number. Yeah, so, because then we can invite friends who we maybe don't know so well. Yeah, we had people last night who I didn't really know very well at all, you know, because we're meeting, meeting some of them for the first time. So this is, yeah, and it doesn't have to be a big meal. <laughs> Tea and coffee is fun, you know. Um, but if we are not opening up our homes to others, can I suggest that we're not living in the fullness that God has for us? Yeah, because it's such an integral part of the gospel. It's such an integral part of like uh, having a community around us. So yeah, it doesn't matter what our house is like. Um, and... Um, yeah, they. If you if um, if you'd seen some of the if you see some of the the uh, the thatch kind of huts or you know that that we've been into on these mission trips, where people are there's just a bare floor and a little charcoal stove in the corner and there's nothing else, and people still invite you in. They're like, come and sit here because we are blessed because you come to visit us, and it's incredible the number of times like I've lost count of the number of times of. People have just said, we are blessed because you just come and visit us. You know, like, I'm sorry. And they often apologize. We don't have a soda for you, eh, Peter? They say, we don't have a soda. It's like, no, you don't have to buy us a soda. We know it's expensive. You know, they, so buying Cokes for a group of five or ten people in their home, they don't have money for that. It's like, no, just, just come. And maybe they bring out a bit of maize or, you know, um, freshly cooked maize. Or, and then they share a little bit of maize or something with us. Or, um, but yeah, it's, um, it's amazing just their, their generosity of spirit, you know, their desire to have people in their home. Like, no, you bless us by having people in your home. Um, and they actually have very, very little money. So, yeah. So, yeah, so it's, um, it's just this amazing kind of atmosphere and vibrancy in the Acts, you know, in this Acts church. Um, so let's just briefly look at this. The, there's a second passage in the next chapter which also just kind of talks about this. And it's Acts 4, um, verse 23. Oh, sorry, no, no, uh, verse um, uh, 32. Uh, Acts 4, verse 32. It says, All the believers were one in heart and mind. Let's just consider that for a moment. <laughs> All the believers were one in heart and mind. Imagine what that's, that's like. Like so, there's over three thousand. Um, yeah, four thousand, five thousand numbers are growing, <laughs> and it says all of them were, were one in heart and mind. So, I just felt really challenged, you know, as I read that to just begin to pray that over over the city, you know that. God, won't, won't you bring us, bring all the believers in Cape Town to the point where everyone's of one heart and one mind? <laughs> yeah. So everyone can still be doing different activities and different mandates and callings, but everyone's just on the same page. People accept one another. Yeah. 
they have a common vision to to um, share the good news about Jesus with others. Yeah, to yeah. So um, it says no one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, uh, but they shared everything they had. So very similar theme coming out. Um, so it's amazing that the person who wrote Acts, and there's likely to have been Luke, the doctor. Um, yeah, it's just he's repeating the same thing again. You know, it must have really he wanted to really um, hit home what this community was like. Um, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone as he had need. So very similar themes, eh? So, and it's just, um, I feel that this is also a time when, you know, the uh, church community... Um, in this city or even in other cities um, around the world will you know will also be in, in in times to come when we will need to share community in community uh, possessions yeah we'll need to share more i think yeah. of our of our food of our skills of our gifts you know uh, with um, particularly believers but i think everyone it's not just limited to uh, believers but yeah even with our neighbors yeah, imagine the witness of just sharing, <laughs> sharing some of our things with our neighbors. Um, my, my, uh, my own neighbors were were really shocked. <laughs> so um, a few months ago, when I suddenly began to help them by giving them plastic buckets, <laughs> because um, um, I heard the sounds of water pouring. Like just like water, constant, like for an hour or something. And I, so I phoned them and I said, uh, I don't know if you're at home, but for about the last hour, I've heard water just pouring from a tap, I think, outside your house. And they said, no, our geyser has burst. And water was pouring through every single light, every single crevice, in the ceiling, <laughs> in, their, in the kitchen and lounge. And there was water. So I went, because I... So they were very hysterical. I went round um, to see them, and and I just went and got all these big. <laughs> I had these big black plastic containers, and I just I took around ten containers, and we put them all under all the down lights because water was pouring out from all of Anyway, amazingly, they had insurance, and it's all fixed now. But um, yeah, they they gave me a bottle of wine afterwards, and they wrote me a note, and they just said thank you for being the most amazing neighbor. We never expected this. <laughs> And it was, you know, it was just, um, it's just a witness of being, you know, of just, of just helping people, you know, loving people. So, um, so I just feel like, yeah, this mindset, you know, will, it's something that I think it's, if we develop it now, it'll really help us in times to come. It'll help us in times of difficulty. Yeah. Um, and um, in, uh, in um, uh, Revelation um, 13, it talks about the mark of, of, the beast uh, coming at a future time. Um, and so it talks about a time coming when, um, so verse 16, uh, it says, um, they forced all people, great and small, uh, rich and poor, slave and f- free and slave, 
to receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. So that's coming in future. Yeah, we don't know when the, the beast will appear. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the mark of the beast forces all people to have this. And, you know, and if they don't have it, they can't sell or trade. They can't buy or sell. So you can imagine in that context, you know, Christians, believers living in community together, helping one another, sharing possessions. It's, it's going to be needed. Yeah. Would you agree? It's quite a sobering thought. Yeah. So it may be many years from now. Yeah. It may be in the next generation, yeah, another lifetime. We don't know when it's going to. But, um, but uh, yeah, I think um, our, our incentive is to live in community because that's how the disciples, that's how Jesus has taught us to live, you know. But also, <laughs> I feel it's also, yeah, just, it's a witness, it's preparation for, for times to come. So, yeah. Um, so just to kind of end off, um, we've got believers selling their possessions, giving money. Um, they must really have believed in the advance of the gospel. Yeah, just the excitement around the unstoppable gospel. Yeah, they must have, they would have seen all these vast numbers of people getting saved around them. And, and it's like, they just, just willingly gave, like just, um, just amazing generosity. And in verse 36, it says, we have an example here of someone who, who, who gave. Um, and so there must have been hundreds of people who were giving. And we just, so we hear about one testimony here and it's, says, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, um, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Just one example. Yeah, just in some ways a simple act. <laughs> you know, um, we don't know how much he had. Maybe he had lots of fields. We don't know. Maybe he just had one field and he gave everything he, he had. But... Um, uh, scholars think that, that Joseph, uh, yeah, so he was a Levite, as, a, as it says, from uh, the island of Cyprus. And he probably heard about Jesus during the festival of Pentecost, yeah, of when the Holy Spirit was poured out. So he was probably one of these early um, disciples. He would have gone to Jerusalem at that time for the festival and had heard about Jesus. And so overwhelmed <laughs> at the gospel that he... He, you know, he sowed money in, into it. And, um, but then he was obviously around because the disciples gave him a nickname, <laughs> Barnabas, you know, son of encouragement, because he was always encouraging people. Yeah. And encouraging people in words, but also encouraging people by giving. So I think when, if I think of the times when we have received finances for the, uh, for the Karamajong churches, it's so encouraging. Yeah, it's like God is saying, I'm with you. Like I've called you to this. I'm with you. Yeah. And just even receiving um, any amount of finance is, eh, Peter? Um, yeah, it's so encouraging. It's amazing how encouraging that, 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 that is, you know. And just to, for anyone to sow into uh, an activity or a mission that you're about to go on. And um, I remember before any of this opened up, 
um, before I went up there or any of this work up in Uganda opened up, I had this, I was really desiring to go on mission. And there was a lady at um, a previous church I went to, and, um, and she was going on mission to India. And, um, and, I was, and I felt, God say, give a certain amount of money to her as she was about to leave to go and do some medical mission work in India. So I gave that money. I was like, oh, it's like, I really want to go. And now I'm giving away money to enable her to go. But isn't that what the gospel is about? <laughs> so, and uh, I gave her the money and she said, she said, you're giving me this. But, but she said, the time will come when you will also go. And I was like, okay, well, that's what I, that's what I want. <laughs> so anyway, as I just you know, gave that kind of initial, which wasn't very much, gave that initial sum of money to her. And then after that, the money began to come in for all of this, this work. So it was like, you know, just sowing into that. As we sow, we, we reap, you know. God, the Bible says where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. Yeah? So where we put our treasure you know, there our heart will be. And God, he, he, he sees, he watches over uh, everyone's giving. I love the way that he commended a widow for giving two small copper coins. Yeah. And uh, he said, you know, others gave out of their wealth. But she, in her poverty, um, gave everything that she had to live on. So two small copper coins was everything she had to live on. And she gave that into the temple um, uh, offering. And yeah, Jesus commended her for that, you know, because it's about the heart. It's not, not about the amount. It's about the heart. So just an amazing. So yeah, just this incredible community um, of, of uh, believers. And Barnabas, um, this, this man called Joseph, he kept the name Barnabas. <laughs> yeah, his name stayed Barnabas. And this was the same Barnabas who went with Paul on his mission trips. Yeah. So he was part of the Antioch church. He was sent from um, Jerusalem to Antioch to be part of that kind of initial Christian community. He went on Paul's first missionary journey with him. Uh, he took John Mark and went on another missionary journey with him. So it's all just started from this um, um, community yeah, where... They had everything in common, and people were just, just giving out of their, out of their uh, need. So, challenging word <laughs> for us, yeah. But um, I think just such an excitement, if we can capture the excitement, you know, the vibrancy of what was happening here, and, and really what is possible, yeah, when we start to live in this, in this way um, together. You know, just the breakthroughs which will come. Yeah, how God will pour out blessings and finances into your lives, into our lives um, collectively. Um, yeah, to enable us to do so much more uh, together. So. Amen? Amen. Should we stand? Great, let's pray. Yeah, Father, thank you for the incredible example of this uh, this community, this Acts community, uh, that we have the privilege of getting an insight into. And yeah, just the way that they assisted one another, opened their homes together. But Father, I pray for that same joy. Just the joy, the life, the vibrancy, uh, 
would be with us in this church, uh, in our communities, in each one of our families, Lord, that that same joy of meeting together, that same desire to share bread and wine together in one another's homes, breaking bread. Just the, the blessing of having one another in, in our homes. That same joy would just fill each one of us, Lord, as we step out for you. I thank you for the, you've called us to fellowship, Lord. And I just pray for such an anointing to enjoy fellowship, that it wouldn't be hard or stressful for anyone, but you would pour out your Holy Spirit, Lord, uh, to enable us to be a church, a community, group of communities all over the city together, Lord. Uh, to be a community for you, Lord, who is a, just a powerful witness of your love. So thank you for the love and the, the joy that you, the grace that you've given each and every person here, Lord. Let that shine for you as we step out for you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, everyone. Remember the flowers. Oh, uh, remember the flowers. Um, on Father's Day, bring flowers and chocolates. Okay, so just uh, chocolates. <laughs>